0: Hello, I'm Daniel Barnett. In this episode of Employment Law Matters, I'm talking about what to do when an employee who has complained of sexual harassment decides that she wants to drop her allegations. Before I do, there have been some more lovely reviews of this podcast on iTunes. I thought of reading one out from Copper Arse, just because anyone who uses that name deserves a shout-out, but instead I've chosen Shakin Collo for the iTunes review of the week. If you send your name and postal address to podcast at danielbarnett.co.uk, Shakin will send you a copy of my book on employee investigations as a thank you. Shakin said, I listened to the first three episodes at the gym yesterday. They were concise, well-structured and very informative. I'd recommend them to any HR professional. Thank you, Shakin. And thank you to everyone else who's leaving reviews on iTunes. We'll pick someone else's review to read out and send a book to next week. Also, we're down to the last... 20 or so places on my big conference next month. It's for HR professionals. It's in London. It's on the 14th of October, and it's exclusively, and indeed it's free, for members of the HR Inner Circle, my membership club for smart, ambitious HR professionals. We've got four fabulous keynote speakers on HR topics, plus six member speakers. The member speakers are members of the HR Inner Circle who do mini presentations for six minutes each on a topic of their choice. So Claire Vane, one of our members, is speaking, doing a mini presentation on four ways to promote your HR consultancy. And Diane Lamberdin, another member, is doing a mini presentation on epic HR failures she's come across. It's going to be a really good event. And if you want to look at the full conference program and get information on joining the HR Inner Circle, please visit www.hrinnercircle.co.uk slash HRConference2019. That's www.hrinnercircle.clue.uk slash HRConference2019. And now, what to do when an employee who's complained of sexual harassment decides that she wants to drop her allegations? Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. Imagine an employee has raised allegations of sexual harassment against a colleague. She's now said she doesn't want to take matters further. What should you do? It's always difficult when a complainant raises an issue but says they don't want you to do anything about it. Whatever's behind her change of mind, the matter needs careful consideration. In the hashtag MeToo year, sexual harassment is at the forefront of every employer's minds and all allegations must be taken seriously. Today's carpet sweepings could be tomorrow's headlines. Now, there are three potential outcomes in this scenario. Number one, the complainant agrees to a formal investigation despite her initial reluctance. Number two, you as the HR professional don't pursue the issue because you're genuinely satisfied the situation is resolved or impossible to pursue without the complainant's cooperation. Or three, the complainant doesn't agree to an investigation, but you want to investigate regardless. I'll look at each of these three options in turn, but let's go through just a couple of other things first. First of all, if you don't yet have the detail of the allegations, then this is your first job. Get hold of them. Whilst I'm in no way trivialising or condoning issues relating to mildly offensive workplace banter, it is the case that there are Ranges of seriousness and allegations of mildly offensive workplace banter are different in nature from, say, allegations of physical sexual assault, such as groping. The former might be resolved with a quiet word and training, or indeed, perhaps formal disciplinary proceedings and a warning. The latter could well result in dismissal and be a police matter. Understand what you're dealing with before you decide what to do next. And if you don't know enough, talk to the employee. More on that in a moment. Second, you need to work out why the complainant has changed her mind about raising the allegations. And there could be many reasons. She might regret reporting something she now considers to be quite minor once the heat of the moment has gone. Perhaps the perpetrator has apologised. And the complainant doesn't want to take it further. The most likely reason, though, is that the complainant is just scared. Raising allegations of harassment against someone you work with every day can be absolutely terrifying, and that's why Me Too took so long to happen. Bear in mind the complainant has probably been sitting on the issue for some time. Once she's plucked up the courage to report the issue, the enormity of the potential fallout becomes clear. She may worry her job is at risk. She may worry about the allegations becoming public and the effect on her own private life. She'll certainly worry about being judged, both for, in inverted commas, if I could do air quotes on a podcast, I would, both for allowing the harassment to happen and for not dealing with it herself. As an employer, you need to meet those fears and alleviate them. Discrimination is bad for business. It's in your commercial interests, leaving aside the decent humanity of it, to encourage employees to report discrimination whenever it occurs. Option one, supporting the employee to engage in the process. The first thing to do is talk to the complainant, ideally using someone from HR with established sensitivity skills. Reassure her that her complaint is being taken seriously and that she will be properly supported. Tell her the information will remain confidential and will only be made known to the small group of people dealing with the investigation. And you'll need to reiterate these confidentiality arrangements to the alleged perpetrator who has to answer the allegations and to any witnesses, together with a reminder about sanctions under your disciplinary policy for any breach of confidentiality. The complainant will only be comfortable with the process if they understand what it involves. Describe how your grievance process works. Describe what the investigation will look like. Much of the time, employees will feel supported by the company and may be prepared to continue with a formal investigation. If they do, for goodness sake, make sure your support continues throughout the process rather than it being something you just pay lip service to at the outset to engineer the complainant's cooperation. Option two, the complainant will not cooperate and so you drop the allegations. So we have a situation where the complainant is adamant that she wants to drop the allegations you will need to tread a careful line between making sure discrimination is properly dealt with and respecting an individual's right to autonomy and confidentiality. If she is adamant that she doesn't want a formal investigation, think very carefully about whether this is best for both her and the business. For example, If the allegations regarded mild workplace banter and the alleged harasser has apologised, you might accept her request not to formally investigate. It might still be appropriate, though, to talk to the person concerned or to their manager to make sure this sort of behaviour doesn't continue. If she refuses to cooperate, document your conversation with the employee, including the reasoning behind her decision. Note any action that you intend to take, such as rolling out some workplace equalities training. Ask the complainant to come and talk to you if anything concerns her in the future and document that too. Keep in touch with the complainant, perhaps weekly at first, to follow things up. If you think it's appropriate, get both employees' managers to keep an eye on things and report any concerns. And option three is if the complainant wants to drop it, but you don't. What if the allegations are more serious? What if they involve allegations against a manager or someone senior? If that's the case, you might want to investigate matters regardless of whether the employee cooperates. Remember, you've got a duty of care not just to the complainant, but also to other staff it's dangerous to let potential harassment go unchallenged. Aside from the moral dilemma, it's bad for business and can result in more claims being brought against the company. In this situation, investigating the case can be difficult without the cooperation of the employee concerned. Take the very common situation where the alleged harassment has taken place with no one else present. Now, that might be something you simply cannot pursue without the cooperation of the victim. But what if the allegation is that something happened at the office Christmas party in front of other colleagues? Potentially, you have witnesses who can corroborate one side or the other. And potentially, you now have a disciplinary misconduct investigation instead of a grievance. You can pursue disciplinary proceedings using the evidence of colleagues alone. If you do choose to investigate despite protestations from the complainant, you should balance the employee's right to privacy against your duty to call out discrimination and your right to protect yourself from future vicarious liability allegations. Tell the complainant what you're doing. Say who you will speak to. Reassure them that witnesses are going to be told to keep the matter strictly confidential. Keep the complainant informed because her reluctance to be involved may wane if three other witnesses all corroborate her complaint. A common question is, can you compel the complainant to cooperate? In some cases where the employee is senior, there may be implied terms in her contract to disclose any wrongdoing by another employee. That might also be the case if the complainant is a director with special fiduciary duties to act in the best interests of the business. It can also be the case sometimes for a very senior manager. You must be sensitive with someone who's been harassed but this might provide some gentle leverage alongside reassurance and support. But generally, you can't force someone to cooperate. Yes, you could say they were failing to obey a reasonable and lawful instruction to cooperate with an investigation, but a tribunal would look very dimly on you if you imposed a disciplinary sanction on a complainant for not wanting to pursue an allegation of harassment. Another common question is, will we get into trouble for doing nothing? Theoretically, there's nothing legally which requires you to investigate matters if the employee wants to drop it. But it may make it harder to rely on the statutory defence, i.e. that you took all reasonable steps to prevent harassment and so should not be vicariously liable for future harassment in the future. You should look at the overall picture and decide whether dropping the allegations is in anyone's best interests. A good employer and the right HR manager should be able to reassure a frightened employee that they've got nothing to fear from an investigation. Remind them about hashtag me remind them about all the other strong women who dared to stand up to harassment. But ultimately, if someone doesn't want to pursue the allegation... Drop it. Don't compel someone to do something they don't want to do. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any comments or feedback on this podcast, please do drop me a line at podcast at danielbarnett.co.uk or tweet me via at daniel underscore barnett.